Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our Florida State uh, Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. It is February the 6th, and on this day in 1952, after a long illness, King George VI of Great Britain and Northern Ireland died in his sleep at the royal estate at Sandringham. Uh, Princess Elizabeth, the older of the king's two daughters and next in line to succeed him, was officially crowned Queen Elizabeth II on June 2, 1953, at the age of 27. King George VI, the second son of King George V, ascended to the throne in 1936, but his older brother, King Edward VIII, voluntarily abdicated to marry American Dorothy Wallace Simpson. During World War II, George worked to rally the spirits of the British people by touring war zones, making a series of morale-boosting radio broadcasts for which he overcame a speech impediment. You may have seen The King's Speech, a great movie about uh, his <clears throat> speech impediment and how, how he worked to overcome it. And he shunned the safety of the countryside to remain with his wife in bomb-damaged Buckingham Palace. The King's health deteriorated in 1949, but he continued to perform state duties until his death in 1952. Queen Elizabeth, born on April the 21st, 1926, and known for her uh, to her family as Elizabeth, was groomed as a girl to succeed her father. She married a distant cousin, Philip Monbatten, on uh, November the 20th, 1947, at London's Westminster Abbey. The first of Elizabeth's four children, Prince Charles, was born in 1948. From the start of her reign, Elizabeth understood the value of public relations and allowed her 1953 coronation to be televised, despite objections from Prime Minister Winston Churchill and others who felt it would cheapen the ceremony. Elizabeth, the 40th English monarch since William the Conqueror, worked hard at her uh, royal duties and became a popular figure around the world. In February 2022, Elizabeth celebrated her Platinum Jubilee, marking seven decades of her service in the Commonwealth. She died on September the 8th, 2022, at Balmoral Castle in Scotland at the age of 96. In the final years of her reign, she continued many of her official duties, public appearances, and spent plenty of time outside with her beloved dogs and horses. Two days after her death, she officially installed a new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. And related, by the way, you may have uh, heard that King Charles has been diagnosed with uh, cancer. He's being treated for cancer right now. Uh, he was in for uh, work on his prostate, enlarged prostate, but uh, apparently this cancer is unrelated to the prostate. But uh, nevertheless, he's turned his duties over to uh, others while he uh, continues his uh, uh, treatment for cancer. Well, the stock market tumbled yesterday after Fed Chair Jerome Powell went on 60 Minutes over the weekend and said he's in no rush to cut interest rates. The 10-year Treasury yield uh, went up uh, to 4.2% on the biggest two-day climb since June 2022. That uh, doesn't bode well for inflation. Governor Ron DeSantis announced he's working with the Florida legislature to keep Florida streets clean and safe as bills move during Florida's legislative session to combat homelessness. We cannot allow any city in Florida to become like San Francisco, where homelessness, drugs, and crime have decimated the quality of life, hurt the economy, and eroded freedom, said Ron DeSantis. In Florida, we will continue to enact policies that promote accountability and community safety, unlike in California, where they're promoting dangerous policies that harm their communities and the economy. The proposals include prohibiting camping on city streets, sidewalks, and parks, creating state enforcement tools to ensure local governments comply, <clears throat> increasing funding for homeless shelters, while requiring occupants to not use drugs and utilize workforce services, increasing funding for substance abuse and mental health treatment in Florida as well. I just really acknowledge the governor for, I think, this is outstanding. What I noticed, too, is that in most cases, 
There's no accountability for homelessness across the United States in these uh, Democrat cities, in these progressive cities, San Francisco and other places, and you see the community just deteriorate. Well, uh, his plan has account- accountability. Uh, they're not allowed to use drugs. They have to uh, be accountable for their recovery and uh, getting back into the workforce. Well, Israel's destroyed 70% of Hamas's battalions, with most of those remaining being in the southern Gaza Strip. Uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Sunday, nearly four months into his nation's war against Hamas. Netanyahu also seemed to address reports that Biden administration had been pressuring Israel to allow more humanitarian aid in Gaza and to use different military tactics. Israel is a sovereign state. We greatly appreciate the support that we've received from Biden administration since the outbreak of the war, he said, as translated before government meeting in Tel Aviv. This is not to say that we are in no disagreements among us, but as of today, we are, have succeeded in overcoming those disagreements. Netanyahu stressed that Israel would be act independently of the U.S., saying, as a sovereign state that is fighting for its existence and its future, we make our own decisions, even in those instances where we, there is no agreement with our American friends. Very diplomatic on his part. The first goal for Israel in Gaza, where it has been fighting since terrorists invaded on October the 7th, killing about 1,200 people, is to destroy the battalions of Hamas, Netanyahu said. So so far, we've destroyed 17 of the 24 battalions. Most of the remaining battalions are in southern Gaza Strip and in Rafah, and we will deal with them, he said. The prime minister said the second goal is to demilitarize Gaza, where terrorist groups such as Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the Popular Front for Liberation of Palestine operate in addition to Hamas. The third goal is to destroy tunnels in the Gaza Strip that are used to launch military attacks, he said. Throughout all of this, Israel is continuing its effort to free approximately 130 people who have remained hostage in Gaza, Netanyahu added. Former Defense Secretary Gates once said, I think he has been wrong, and he's referring to uh, Joe Biden, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. That former Defense Secretary Robert Gates said. That's his quote. Netanyahu would be wise to heed uh, Gates' words uh, and ignore (laughs) Biden and continue his mission irrespective of uh, what Biden's advice might be. Saturday marked one year since the Norfolk Southern freight train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, spilling about a million gallons of toxic chemicals in the local waterways, forcing residents to temporarily evacuate and causing millions of dollars in economic losses. The accident was supposed to serve as a wake-up call around the rail safety, but a year later, not much has changed in regulating the industry. Congress has not passed a Rail Safety Act, and derailments by the biggest U.S. railroads increased by 13% in the first 10 months of 2023. What the railway, what's the Railway Safety Act? Well, the month after Norfolk Southern crash, a bipartisan Senate duo unveiled the Railway Safety Act to increase industry oversight and prevent other chemical spills. And all the Norf- uh, Norfolk Southern and its big uh, rail competitors have said they'd cooperate with Congress on the bill. Behind the scenes, they've been attempting to derail its core provisions through the industry's powerful lobbying arm uh, that the Washington Repo- uh, Post reported. <clears throat> In the absence of more regulation, Norfolk Southern said it made several changes on its own to reduce the likelihood of accidents. Meanwhile, back in East Palestine, the mayor said roughly 90 to 95 percent of the damage is cleaned up, though some residents remain wary of the long-term health impacts. He invited Joe Biden to come see what he's done and what's happening in there when he's out of office in January 2025. In other words, we don't need you around here. Well, a peer-reviewed study suggests the estimated harm of uh, COVID-19 mRNA vaccines greatly outweighs the rewards, calculating that for every life saved, get this, for every life saved, there are nearly 14 times more deaths caused by the modified mRNA injections. The study published in Curious Digital Journal a part of the mainstream Springer National Journal, said the effectiveness of the mRNA uh, vaccines in preventing COVID deaths was much lower than initially reported, estimating it took around 52,000 vaccinations to prevent just one fatality. The study authors uh, noted that the works out of 
to roughly two lives saved per 100,000 vaccinations, contrasting with an estimated 27 deaths due to adverse effects per 100,000 doses. That's not very good. Thus, the estimated harms of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines greatly outweighs the rewards. For every life saved, there are 14 uh, times more deaths caused by the modified mRNA injections, the study stated. Given the well-documented serious adverse effects and unacceptable harm-to-reward ratio, we urge governments to endorse and enforce a global moratorium on these modified mRNA products until all relevant questions pertain to casualty, uh, residential DNA, and aberrant protein production are answered, the authors said. They expressed particular concern about the vaccination of children, branding it unethical and unconscionable to administer an experimental vac- vaccine in a child who's had zero risk of dying from COVID-19, but a well-established 2.2% risk of permanent heart damage. Shocking report. Very clear and very much to the point. Uh, These vaccines are harmful, and the risk-to-reward ratio is just totally unacceptable. 14 deaths to every one life saved. Uh, We certainly need a moratorium on the vaccines. Well, former President Donald Trump has come out against the Senate-Ukraine border supplemental funding bill, slamming the deal as a death wish for the Republican Party. In a post on Truth Social on Monday morning, the former president said, Only a fool or a radical left Democrat would vote for this horrendous border bill. It takes the horrible job the Democrats have done on immigration and border, absolves them, and puts it squarely on the shoulders of the Republicans. Uh, he posted, adding, don't be stupid. We need a separate border and immigration bill. It should not be tied to foreign aid in any way, shape, or form. The Democrats broke immigration and and the border. They should fix it, he uh, tweeted, or I should say put on true social. Late Sunday night, uh, Senate leaders unveiled their Ukraine aid and the U.S. border security supplemental funding bill negotiated by Senators Sinema, Murray, and Lankford and Tillis Over the past several weeks, the Republican negotiators, Lankford and Tillis, have come under increasing criticism for their Republican Senate colleagues over the provisions in the the legislation that would limit the president's power to shut down the border by proclamation. Opponents also point to the expansion of work visas and other programs in the legislation as indicative of it being an immigration labor bill and not a border security legislation. The leadership-backed uh, legislation must gain 60 votes in the Senate to overcome a filibuster. With former President Trump joining the opposition to the Senate deal, Senator Schumer and McConnell may find it increasingly difficult to whip up those 60 votes needed to overcome the filibuster. Certainly hope so. Can you imagine allowing 5,000 people in every day and saying it's okay? I think they should uh, have uh, some sort of a program to... Uh, deport 5,000 people a day and some sort of punishment or or uh, consequence for not doing so. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. 
And now serving dinner, 4 to 8 p.m., Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our Florida State Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I think you're starting a week five, if I'm not mistaken, in Tallahassee. Yes, we are. So... You know, we're halfway through, and it seems like we just started yesterday. So uh, uh, what's happening this week is it's uh, the last uh, committee week for subcommittees that are meeting and considering bills. So after today, if a bill hasn't been heard in its first committee, it's likely dead. Interesting. So uh, I saw that uh, Governor DeSantis announced he's working with the Florida legislature to keep Florida streets clean and safe and uh, avoid homelessness like we're seeing in San Francisco and other places. It just sounds like really outstanding legislation. I wonder if you if you have any comments and thoughts. Yeah, that there is um, that bill is moving through the House. Um, the uh, Senate bill is a little different. Uh but, uh, you know, I, th- I think we'll probably get that across the finish line. It's probably going to be amended a couple of times to make sure that we don't um, get in the way of people's liberties, if you will. Right. Um, but that's part and parcel of uh, our initiative on mental health, because most of the people, that, or probably everybody that's homeless, has some uh, mental health issues. Um, I know there are some people that, are homeless because they can't afford a place to live. So, you know, that's, those are people we should focus on, but also the homeless people that have uh, mental illnesses. We have to, we have to take a look at that. What I really like about the proposal is that apparently there's going to be accountability for those that get into the program. You can't sleep, you know, if you go to a homeless shelter, for example, you're requiring occupants to not use drugs and utilize workforce services. It sounds to me like uh, kind of the formula for St. Matthew's House. Oh, exactly. Um, You know, they do an outstanding job. Uh, Not only do they, they house people that come to them, but they have all kinds of work, work training programs uh, and counseling and the like. You can't just house people. It doesn't work. Well, that's the problem that we have in San Francisco and other places. There's no accountability, and the consequence is things just continue to get worse. And uh, everybody can be held accountable. If you're going to receive services, you need to be able to do what you can in order to maintain uh, the service that you're receiving and also be able to contribute to the community. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very uh, difficult issue because, um, you know, I don't I don't think people obviously people don't start out um, with a you know a mindset that I want to live on the street. There's some event or a series of events that they may or may not have control over, and I think the key is is to get them into treatment or counseling right. if needed, 
and also give them meaning and purpose. And, and that's why I really li- I love the um, St. Matthew's House model, because they don't just give people three square meals and, and leave them, you know, um, they, they want to help people. And, and in the end, uh, the people that they help do become protective members of, of our community. Absolutely. I just did a little shout out for St. Matthew's House. Visit the website. stmatthewshouse.org is the website. And quite frankly, I think that St. Matthew's House program, that could be, they get no government funding. It could be a template for across the United States and how to deal with these issues. Well, you know, that's a, that, that does bring up a good point in that, you know, everybody uh, thinks the government should be uh, the be-all and end-all and, and, and take care of everybody. And, you know, I go back to communities need to um, help community members as w- the way it was for hundreds of years right. uh, when the churches and neighbors and family help families in trouble. And we do have some really good models um, like the... Uh, Better Together Stronger Families program that started in Naples and is now going to be uh, statewide to help families in crisis so they don't get into the system. And these are church or faith-based programs, volunteers. I mean, it's amazing what what uh, uh, programs like that do. Yeah. Uh, Better Together with uh, Megan Rose is the president and right. CEO. She just does a great job, and I just really commend that program as well. Can, any update on legislation that uh, you think is important and, and for our listeners to know about? Well, yesterday we had a marathon uh, judiciary committee meeting where we considered the speaker's number one priority, uh, H- his version of HB1 this year, which is uh, uh, social media uh, for kids. Uh, prohibitions for those under 16 from um, going on to some of these uh, social media platforms. It's kind of controversial, and I'm not sure where it's going to end up. Uh, The governor wants to allow parental involvement in that, basically saying, you know, the the parents can make the decision. And that does sound good, but I understand where the speaker's coming from. He said, you know, parents are sometimes the worst, uh, you know, letting their kids uh, on these sites. And, you know, his position is that these sites are so destructive of our young people's lives. Um, You know, some of the, in fact, some of these platforms deliberately and intentionally target our youth and and you know they become obsessed or addicted and so it's a really thorny issue i don't know where we're going to end up but i I know we'll work through it well mark zuckerberg uh, was testifying in front of congress the other day and he actually stood up and apologized to parents whose children had been harmed by facebook and that's just one of those sites so that's right i think there's a lot of merit that to uh, somehow inserting some control in this Prohibition. I mean, I'm not sure about First Amendment rights, but the more I think about this, uh, I think it's a good idea to prohibit kids from getting on these sites until uh, after, until they're 16 years of age. You know, and it's really it's 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 un, unfortunate unfortunate that a good corporate uh, policy doesn't doesn't exist here. Yeah. They don't care. Right. They make money, and that's all they care about. And it's. You know, they give us lip service that they, you know, they really do want to protect kids, but then they deliberately target them. So, I, you know, and, and of course, this is the Internet, which is um, worldwide. And I, I, you know, I just hope that whatever we do does not um, become just a, a meaningless gesture. Well, I'll also assert that the, the fact of the matter, it affects not only children and people, kids under 16, but also adults as well. The whole right. purpose is to exacerbate differences among people and to create some disharmony and so forth. I think that we need to have some real public education of what's happening on social media. That's right. And so people could manage it uh, better. Uh, Kathleen, I just wish we had some more time. I really appreciate <laughs> your commentary here on this show, and I really thank you for your service in uh, Tallahassee. Thanks for everything that you do. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Find time to find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show 
here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 325 1041. That's 239 325 1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Collier County Supervisor of Elections. He's a 33-year resident of Collier County, a military veteran, a retired sheriff's officer, and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. He stands for Safe, Secure, Ethical Elections in Collier County. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, votefortimgarrett.com. Paid for by Tim Garrett, Republican for Collier County supervisor of elections, and an all-around great guy as well. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and uh, president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast, and former radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. It's quite a blustery day on the Paradise Coast. Another blustery day. Yeah, the weather is so strange. I don't know if you've heard about this atmospheric riveter. Uh, that's been in California, it's going to pour down about eight inches of rain today. Yeah, I guess it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) We just have clouds and wind. That's a good point, uh, Boo. Well, what I would like to talk about is, last week I I listened and watched some of the congressional hearings with with Zuckerberg, the guy that's head of TikTok, and some of these big social media platforms. Mm -hmm. And... They chewed them out. They yelled at them. They said, you're destroying our kids. You're destroying our culture. Yak, yak, yak. Zuckerberg and, and the Chinese guy looked a little contrite. The guy said, well, what do you want to say to these parents who lost kids because of your social platform? And, you know, Zuckerberg again was contrite. I'm sorry. You know, we're doing it all. He wasn't that contrite. Anyway, Facebook is 20 years old. Legions of people have said this is terrible. Congress knows about it. They say, yep, we're going to pass legislation. Nothing has been done. Right. They have not repealed. I guess there is some act that actually protects the social media platforms from lawsuits or from any personal accountability. They can't even repeal that. So how many people use? Facebook. Hmm. Do you? Uh, I do. I I don't look at it too much. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not a very good friend on Facebook. I just post my shows, <laughs> pretty much what I do on Facebook. Well, I don't just because I don't like the social media thing. But you know, I'm in the minority. Six sixty eight percent of Americans use Facebook, mm-hmm. 
And that that level of that amount of people uh, is actually been pretty stable since 2016. That's amazing. And so if if that many people use it, the only other social media platform that is used close to Facebook is YouTube. Interesting. You know, Boo, my feelings about this is, is I think the way the algorithms work is they tend to uh, slice and dice uh, the, the public. In other words, they uh, uh, tend to exacerbate the differences among people, and you end up in a kind of an echo chamber where you're exchanging views with people who are like-minded, and the consequence is that it's very divisive in terms of our society. People believe strongly in certain things and uh, hate certain things, and uh, it, it tends to exacerbate the differences among people. Well, it probably does. I mean, <clears throat> nobody's making us go on it. Yeah. Uh, women use it more than men. Uh-huh. 78% of the women use it compared to 59% of men. And more educated, the more educated you are, the more you use it. Is that right? So yeah. interesting. Well, I'm, I must say, uh, that Linda, Linda gets her, my wife uh, gets her news off of uh, social media, and it, uh, she seems to know what the heck is going on before you see it in, on these uh, media outlets. So uh, there are some good things coming from it, but I must say there are some uh, really harmful things as well. Well, here it says three in ten Americans say they regularly get all their news from Facebook. Huh. So I mean, she's. Everybody else does. A lot of people even get it from YouTube. I have a lot of friends that they want to buy something and get a deal, like a piece of used furniture or tools. I don't know. They go on Facebook Marketplace, and they use that a lot. Interesting. I didn't even know that Facebook had a (laughs) marketplace. Right. Yeah, you could get another set of golf clubs. (laughs) That's all I need. Like you need that, Bob. (laughs) Unbelievable. Well, it's, it is uh, it is a, a somewhat of a crisis right now. I was uh, talking to our state uh, Senate President Kathleen Pasadena, and uh, right now they're considering legislation to ban uh, participation on social media websites for anybody under the age of 16. Well, they've done that in China, and I don't like the word considering. Considering, show me the way. I mean, do it. You're either going to do it or you're not. What's this considering? Considering business. Well, it's, you know, these are deliberative uh, bodies when you have people in the uh, Senate and the House that uh, have to make these votes. So that's what they mean by considering. My guess is it's going to go through. And okay, we'll make a wager in our lifetime. <laughs> I would say I would suggest it's going to happen by April of this year. Get out of here. Yeah. Now, how do you enforce it? I have no idea. This is one of the difficult things. But, uh, and, and, you know, what about parental rights? What about the rights of parents to say, I want my kids to be on Facebook? Well, here's the problem. If you take a look at uh, statistics, you're bringing up some really interesting statistics. The number of kids that commit suicide, social isolation, the, uh, the outcome of uh, the use of not just, uh, not just uh, social media sites, but also the Internet, it's creating some pretty adverse circumstances for our young people. Well, and I think it's been, it's, it, there's no question that it's, it has a, a detrimental effect on young girls particularly, mm-hmm. but um, th- there's, there's a dark side to all of it, and how, could, how do they regulate it? I don't know. They did it in China, but you know, you know, there are no human rights in China, but they were able to do it there. Here, I don't know. I, I think it's... a you know, it's a big hat, no cattle. <laughs> so, did, I think they'll try, but again, how are you going to make these people do it? Yeah. I mean, aren't you kind of appalled about book banning? Well, I don't, there is no book banning in Florida. Is uh, What are your thoughts? I mean, I, uh, I know in Florida, uh, they are, are banning uh, pornographic information. And uh, but you have to have a note from your teacher, or something like that, in order to take the inf- take the uh, information out or the book out from the library. Pornography. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, the point I being is I no no the line no there, right but yeah no right minded parent would assign or permit their kids to. If you read some of the stuff that's right now in our public libraries, you just can't believe it. I mean, it's so 
it's just nauseating to think that something like that would be available to kids. Uh, well, it's you know, available on the internet. Exactly, it is. But you don't, you know. My view is we don't want the. Uh, in a sense, if it's available in the public libraries or in schools, it's uh, it's uh, in a sense in a sense uh, giving permission for kids to use it. Well, yeah. Well, we already are. Yeah. We've already given them. Not only have we given that to them, we've made it easy. Yeah. If you have a phone, you can access it. That's so true. Boom and you don't need parental rights. And, and I, thank goodness, I just have to say that I, I have never been a big fan of social media, ever. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. It's kind of a scary, dark side to it that I makes me feel uncomfortable. Thank goodness we didn't raise our kids with this. Yeah. We didn't have this issue. This is a huge issue as a parent. It really is, Boo. And you just take a look at the... Uh, the. I mean, can you imagine finding out that your child has taken his or her life at the age of 10 or 11 because of bullying or whatever's happening on the internet? It's really it's a lot of bad consequences. And it's very very difficult for parents to take, pay attention to what their kids are looking at. Oh, I think it is. I mean, you remember when you say to your kids, well, you can't eat cookies. You know, you can't eat cookies all day. Yeah. So what would your kids do? They go to somebody else's house, a friend's house, where their mother said, oh, yeah, you can have cookies. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, you can't do it in our house. Okay, yeah. So you've got parental rules. But I mean, it's so easy to get around that as a kid. Yeah, it is. Boo Mortensen, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate the commentary and the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, all right. Thank you, Boo. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And I hope you find out more and get some tickets to some great upcoming performances. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have the Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Your latest column is... Uh, 
Well, I think it's right on, but it's extremely disturbing. It's a big bank bailout, $16.8 trillion this time, much worse. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, the 2008 bailout, was they had allotted $16.8 trillion. And, of course, because no one wanted to do it, no one in government wanted to track it. We don't know how. They'd already allocated six in, like, 2012 mm-hmm. of, the, of, the, of the 16. They probably spent it all, or most of all, but they stopped tracking it because it's an embarrassment to Western civilization, so they didn't want anybody knowing. And since nobody, you know... The media certainly didn't press them on, hey, what, you know, where are we on this? What's the story? It just disappeared. But they allotted that much money to the bailout in 2008. And, and well, Seton, Seton, let me just remind you that that happens to be taxpayer money they, that they're of using. Of course it is. Of course it is. They either print it or borrow it. Yeah. Um, and so, so, that, so that happened. And so I said, okay, <laughs> let's look at where we are now. The, the, the conditions that existed that created the need, that, well, the alleged need for the 16 plus trillion dollar bailout in 2008, what are the conditions now? Well, they're demonstrably worse yeah. now than they were then. Um, you know, obviously, the, the, the key component of the 2008 crisis was the subprime mortgage um, uh, situation. They started doing it again. They call it non prime instead of subprime, but they're doing it again. And the mortgage debt right now being carried is over twenty billion, twenty um, tr- trillion. I, I get these numbers just boggle. Um, which is twice what it was in two thousand and eight, and that's adjusted for inflation. So the house mortgage debt is twice what it was in two thousand and eight, adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Um, we've got we've got the um, total household debt is about the same as it was in 2008, except the, the uh, inflation is so much worse now, which makes all of it harder to repay. Right. So, yes, adjusted for inflation, the, the total household debt's about the same, but it's going to be much harder to pay off because, they're, they're, you know, as we know, the wages aren't keeping up with inflation. Everybody's falling backwards, working the same hours with the same job, because the inflation's so bad. And we have a new component that didn't really exist in 2008, which is the commercial real estate market, which obviously, you know, that wasn't much of an issue, really. I mean, it it was was, uh, collateral damage in 2008. Now it's going to be a principal fundamental driver. Right. Because uh, the best numbers I could find, I looked and looked and looked, in 2020, they were carrying $3.6 trillion in commercial mortgage debt. And they're writing off more and more and more each month. Um, it's, it's looking a lot like what happened with the housing market in the, beginning of two, you know, in the middle of 2007, when all of a sudden all these defaults were happening. Well, the, 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 to avoid the defaults, the, the banks are writing off the debt, right. just saying, okay, that's a loss, um, which, which is a little less. Um, damaging, you know, a little less uh, sh- shock to the system than a default. Right. You know, there's, there's, there's writing it off, which is a conscious decision on their part rather than a default, which is a, you know, oh, well, hey, we were counting on that money and now we're not getting it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and just to add to that, uh, right now, we're looking at buildings that are virtually empty. I mean, 50, uh, 20%, 30% occupied because people are staying at home and doing their work as opposed to well, going to the office. Well, that's. One of the one of the only advantages of the COVID lockdowns, which was government, not had nothing to do with the, with the disease. It was the government's decision, right? And was around the planet, hundreds of millions of Americans that were going into offices aren't going into offices anymore. So all these companies had taken on you know ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty year mortgages on commercial real estate properties for offices they're not using anymore, right? And and I and there's all these. Uh, Owners of these debt of these properties and and the the mortgages that go along with them, desperately trying to sell and no one's buying them. Right, because everybody everybody knows. You know, I I, I think I told you before when I was living in Maryland in uh, right when the COVID lockdown started on the Chesapeake Bay, I ran into a neighbor um, walking his dog, and he was very excited because his son was about to graduate with a commercial real estate degree. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 
I, I, I finally man, I, I had finally started managing to bite my tongue. My initial response was, why didn't he just major in dinosaur husbandry? Yeah. Because it would be just as useful in the modern world as, as, as commercial real estate uh, management. So, so that's, that, the, uh, the best number I could find was $3.66 trillion in debt on that, and that was in 2020. So obviously it's gotten demonstrably worse now. I couldn't find a number on, on how much is, is, is held now. Um, maybe it's about the same because people stopped buying commercial real estate in 2020, I'm guessing. But it's probably gotten worse as far as, you know, you're piling up debt because you're not making your payments because you're not renting your place. And you know, just to make things worse, it's pretty much the regional banks, not the big banks, that are uh, creating the financing for these for these. Uh, and now we're, back to, now we're back to Dodd-Frank, which was supposed to end too big to fail. It was written by the big banks. Right. Um, who lobbied Congress with our bailout money after giving themselves huge bonuses with it. Um, and, and, and basically wrote um, Dodd-Frank. And since then, banks have almost doubled in size, the big banks. Thousands of community small banks, regional banks, like you said, uh, died, which allowed them, which allowed the big banks to buy up their assets on the cheap, again, with our bailout money. Right. Um, and so they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you said, I, you know, I always said the, the gap between the wealthy and everybody else is the size of government. The bigger the government, the bigger the gap, because only rich people can afford big government. Right. And Dodd-Frank ratcheted up government considerably. So you move up the food chain as to the size of banks that were, dis- were, were damaged and then ultimately destroyed by Dodd-Frank. So you went from little tiny you know, community banks. Yeah. Now you're talking, like you said, regional banks are going to go up. So I, I just want to commend you on what you've written for us because it really is – I think it's uh, – you're absolutely predicting what has to happen going forward is that we're going to see a big – Another one of these financial crises, and it's going to be uh, very detrimental to regional well, and banks. It's going to be, as I said in the piece at the beginning, if you bailouts beget bigger bailouts, because if you if you bail someone out for being stupid, yeah, they're not going to stop being stupid, right? And so the underlying fundamentals that are broken and wrong aren't going to be corrected, and right. that's what happened. We bailed them out in two thousand and eight. Not only did they not cor- not correct what's wrong. They wrote law to protect what they were doing. Exactly. Seton Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government, I commend and encourage you to visit Less Government. Oh, can I make one extra point real quick? Sure. With all of what we've just discussed, there are six federal agencies looking into payday lenders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who probably carry less than 2% of the of the 100 percent of of household debt in the united states well to repeat uh, governor uh, and president reagan uh the w- most scary words in the world are we are the federal government we're here to help you so right again lessgovernment.org is the website and uh again you can visit less government on facebook see really appreciate your commentary here thank you so much for joining us thank you sir my pleasure indeed all right we're gonna have more here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue 
Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Have you ever thought about renewing your wedding vows or perhaps getting married on Valentine's Day? Well, now you've got the opportunity. Our clerk of courts in Collier County, Crystal Kenzel, is announcing the opportunity at the Ava Sugden Gomez Center at Baker Park on January, February the 14th. Uh, you can come in and... Uh, Participate with others on a marriage ceremony in the park on Valentine's Day. To get more information, visit callyourclerk.com, callyourclerk.com, the website, uh, to find out more information and to sign up. We have with us Linda Harden, my beautiful wife, and also extremely well-informed of what's happening around the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. No, You know, when you mention Valentine's Day, we are fast approaching the trifecta, which is Valentine's Day, our wedding anniversary, and my birthday. It is the trifecta. <laughs> it's, it's the only celebration that goes on for more than a month. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's coming up. Yeah, it, it is. Indeed. It's coming up. So thanks for bringing up Valentine's Day because it's the first part. Absolutely. So you and I have been watching Tucker Carlson. We've subscribed to his network, the Tucker Carlson Network, and he is coming out with some astounding stuff. He's in Moscow now. I've been Well, he's the- he's left now. So so he he has set the internet world on fire mm-hmm. by his sudden appearance in Moscow and his motorcade going to the Kremlin. So he's apparently, the schedule is that he's going to be interviewing or has interviewed uh, Putin. And uh, I think it's going to be great. Some people are just they're saying he should, we shouldn't let him back in the country. Total meltdown. <laughs> total meltdown by the left or the supposed uh, uh, rhino Republicans. <clears throat> they are just freaking I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what Tucker's got up his sleeve with this whole thing. Absolutely. But in the meantime, he's come out with some outstanding information. Uh, one is about Ozempic. Apparently, people are, uh, well, there's an epidemic of obesity here in the United States, and people are finding out that this is a, a drug that can help you lose weight. All you have to do is take the drug, and apparently, weight just falls off. Forever. You have to take it forever. Yeah. And uh, they they mask it under the the they say it's, oh, it's this miracle weight loss drug, but it's supposed to help uh, diabetics, and it is. I'm telling you this this between Tucker Carlson's interview with Brett Weinstein and his trip to the Darien Gap and and what he's found out about um, vaccinations and and how disturbing that was, and now with this interview with this Cali guy who used to be with Big Pharma and his revelation about even more about the FDA and and big pharma and and how they're trying to upend uh uh the way we live and eat and everything else is just stunning and it is indeed and, and this it's not about ozempic it's really about the corruption that exists within our uh public sector in terms of healthcare and uh, i just really encourage our listeners if you have an opportunity to look at tucker carlson I guess you could go to Tucker Carlson. TuckerCarlson.com. Dot com to get the uh, the information. Who was interviewed? I've forgotten the, the person. His first name is Callie. I can't remember his last name, but he but he and his sister, who used to be a doctor, have written a book called um, I can't remember the the name, but it but it's all about what's been going on with the with the pharmaceutical industry. Not that we haven't heard enough about the pharmaceutical industry to begin with, with this vaccination debacle. Right. But, you know, with all their ads every 20 minutes on, not every 20 minutes, every five minutes on, on TV all the time, 
See, one observation that he makes that never occurred to me, but it makes absolute sense, is he said that these ads that you see on TV for pharmaceutical companies, he said, they have no interest in persuading you to do anything or to call your doctor or anything to use those drugs. This is simply a way to pay off the media for their support. Right. Um, and, and, and oh, by the way, the pharmaceutical um, industry is hand in hand with the FDA and the CDC. Right. By, by the way, to injure people right. and to kill people. Keep in mind that the FDA turned their food pyramid, what people should eat, upside down. They're promoting more and more sugar, mm-hmm. processed foods and whatever. And guess what happens as a result? People get sick. And then what do they need? With, because of all the ads on TV, they need drugs. Yeah. And guess, guess who's feeding into all this stuff? Doctors who are making money giving these drugs to people. It is just evil, in my opinion. It is indeed. I mean, uh, one of the things that he points out is you rarely find cures for anything. What you find is ways to uh, you take drugs in order to uh, continue to feed the trough of the pigs in the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, uh, so you end up, as opposed to getting like a real cure for something that uh, that uh, might be in existence. For example, uh, we never saw, we, uh, we went through this epidemic or this pandemic and, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, uh, what is it, chlorooxychloroquine? Hydroxychloroquine. Or, all these things that are available that actually were, uh, were, would work and uh, they were f- forbidden and uh, downplayed by the pharmaceutical industry as well as the CDC. Keep in mind that video that I sent you, uh, that Jim Brewer um, had this guy on his on his uh, show who had stage four colon cancer, and he ended up taking a cocktail because of somebody he talked to. He was he was sent home to die, quite frankly. Right. And and he, he was entering hospice. Right, and so he he ended up by. Uh, by serendipity, talking to this guy who said, well, um, I had cancer and I'm totally cured by doing this, that, and the other thing. And uh, he went home and ordered this stuff, which... uh, He got it on Amazon. He got it on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. And he's cancer-free. Yeah. And and by the way, he found out that some of these things that were promoted by... um, by people who really knew what they were talking about, not people who made chemotherapy ready, readily available and, and radiation, but people who really were serious into curing cancer and, and the FDA, and, and it was shut down. You couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, but but getting, back, getting back just for a second to this, this um, the FDA and, and the pharmaceutical industry, uh, I had this d- discussion at that FDA luncheon that we were at a week ago with this, uh, Taryn Bragdon's assistant, Kelly. And... and she said, and remember you and I used to be vegan because we thought that was the best way after watching that What the Health documentary. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. So um, she and her parents went on vegan thinking because they had chronic illnesses, thinking that was the way to go. And uh, they never got well. Mm-hmm. They never got well. And guess what they did? They went flip side, ditched veganism, and uh, went to, um, uh, what do you call it when it's all meat? Um, <laughs> I forgot myself, but the point being is they made a, a huge adjustment in their diet, and they're and they're off all medications, and 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 oh by the way, if and I told her I said uh, carnivore, the carnivore diet, so um, which I'm not promoting or anything because no. that's I mean all I can think of is you know if you eat meat all the time that can't be good either, but but well but think. Think of that. If you go on a vegan diet with all these false meats and whatever, all this stuff is processed. Yeah. So uh, neither of us are, have medical degrees, and we're not qualified to give medical advice. But one of the things we're, we're suggesting is just Do be, your own research. Yeah, do your research and uh, be very suspect. Be very cautious about what you're hearing from the CDC and the FDA and these other organizations that, quite frankly, like uh, like the CIA and the F- FBI have been weaponized against the American people. It's, we got to get that fixed and hopefully making a different decision with who's president will make that happen. Linda, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. I guess we're done already. That was fast. We're already done. Thank you, Linda. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow, including Bob Levy, the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. I hope I really appreciate your tuning into the show and listening. Thank you so much for that. And if you enjoy the show, I hope you pass the word on to your friends and neighbors. That's 
it's one of the ways we support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.